Hi everyone, thanks to Linda, Lily, Ching, Viviana and Winnie for their fantastic analysis. Your analysis of um, Tintone Abbey was brilliant and I love the way that you linked to all of those different ideas and, and showed um, how the idea created meaning um, and what those possible meanings and interpretations could be. I thought that was actually really, really good and um, well worth probably a second listen um, to everyone else just so that you can pick up on some of those ideas that they shared because there were a lot there but they were all really valuable. Um, I'm noticing I guess as we're going through and maybe you're feeling the same that um, I'm finding it a lot easier to connect the ideas between the poems so as I was listening to um, your analysis then I just um, I was thinking about different poems that, that it was reminding me of or different ideas that I was drawing connections to while I was listening to yours and I thought that I might just um, might just point a couple of those out to you so um, I, I like this uh, example um, and I think that and uh, maybe it was Nethmi in another another week mentioned it and I think that it was Viviana talking this week um, on thoughts of a, a Briton, by the way, Britain on the subjugation of Switzerland. Um, so thoughts thought of a Briton. So if it's an if it's it could be thought thoughts of an Australian, right? So a person. Um as a as an actual thing so um anyway back to what I was trying to say before so Viviana was saying that um it's kind of like um the opposite of personification um you know using nature to show the feelings of um Britons and and, and the Swiss um and I think that Nethmi mentioned that in one of the other videos um and it's just it's interesting to see how Wordsworth does this um quite frequently and I, I also, I just find it interesting the way that he uses personification. And I started thinking it's not actually a direct example, but I don't know if anyone's read on page 115, with ships, the sea was sprinkled far and nigh. It's actually a really great poem. And it's quite, it's quite funny. I find it really humorous the way that he's described um, the ships. Um, so perhaps have a read, you might pause now and have a quick read. And then when, once you've unpaused, then listen to this next part. Um, so a goodly vessel did I then espy. So I'm, I'm about, uh, I'm in on the fifth line, come like a giant from a haven broad and lustily along the bay she strode. Um, I love that line. Her tackling rich and of high, of apparel high. I feel like he's basically, um, he's giving this, um, ship human, um, all of that he's personifying I guess the ship with these human female kind of like features lustily along the bay she strode isn't that just a, such a great line and it kind of um, I find it I'm f smiling as I'm reading this because I find it quite hilarious and it is reminding me of um, you know in in um, Goody Blake and Harry Gill when we talked about the way that um, he describes like how handsome and, and muscly um, Harry Gill is. And it's kind of reminding me of this a little bit. Um, and she seems, seems like, anyway, when you read the descriptions of the ship as you go on, she seems like it's quite like a, quite a sassy ship, you know. Um, she will brook no tarrying. So brook means to tolerate. Um, and I know that um, we also see brook used um, as, as talking about a, as a word for a stream, 
but in this instance, like to tolerate, um, to tolerate and no tarrying, um, which means like no, like not staying longer than intended or no delays. So she will tolerate no delays. She's so sassy and, and just tells us what she's going to be doing. And I don't know. Anyway, I just got reminded of this. So I thought I'd share that. It has nothing to do with the group's discussion, but I'm just kind of showing you my connections in my head. Um, and then also on the opposite page, page 114, um, the world is too much with us late and soon. I think this might be worth you having a read through because it links really clearly to um, those the, the just things that he discusses in the London poem that references Milton, whose name I feel like I can't remember, um, might be on the next page. Maybe not. Um, I can't find it. Anyway, the one who the one London poem that references Milton, um, the same kind of feelings and thoughts are in here about. Um, and this, I think, this also links to the Tintern Abbey poem as well. This is how I'm kind of drawing this back. The this the discussions and and focus that Wordsworth has on talking about that our connection with nature and the impact on nature. Um, and, and it's kind of like all of those ideas really come back together and it's all about, um, you know, nature as this thing that has so much to offer and he puts nature on a pedestal, you know, I think equal with religion or something that, that maybe it's equal with religion or they're both the same thing or it's hard to know exactly how you want to interpret that. But I think you could say that he puts nature on this pedestal that is very high up, you know, if not equal with religion. Um, and or he, you know, nature is the is created by, you know, God. It's hard to know which way he believes or which way you want to interpret it. And I think you can interpret it in any of those ways. But it seems like the disdain that you feel in Wordsworth poems when he's talking about um you know, either people's connection with nature or the way that we have damaged it, or, you know, in the London poems, like the way that there's, you know, there's all these things added to nature which take away from it. So like the smog in the city and it seems like at every, in every instance he's trying to show us that we need to take away some things so that we can see the real value. So taking away the, the smoke or the smog from the city so that we can see the value of the city and the beauty that's there um, and taking away our distractions so that we can, we can appreciate what's actually there. And I feel like this is like really key across so many of his poems. Um, and it'd be really interesting to see you try and put that into words. Um, I've tried to put it into words for you just now, but maybe you, um, have a better way that you could put it into words, um, in terms of like one of the key central ideas. Anyway, they're my thoughts, um, for today. I know this is a shorter one than usual, but, um, I think that, for next lesson, I'm going to talk to you about um, different ways that we can be using those themed paragraphs that I had you write, and I might get you to extend on some of them. So you might choose this idea um, as one of them, or you could do a different one. Anyway, bye.